Okay. Apologies, guys. Yeah. Tell your neighbor. <laughs> All right. Um, is Echo right now? Alvin, is your right? Is Okay. My voice is right. Okay, just bear with us for a moment. We, um, the joke is, I feel I'm getting old because last weekend I woke up. <laughs> I've got uh, in the evenings I like to nibble a bit, so I go scavenge in the cupboards. And so last Friday, <laughs> I, I ate Inos uh, Inos uh, Apparently, I thought it was our drewwors, but I woke up Saturday morning with an ankle. Yes, I thought I hurt my ankle. Apparently, they say it's gout. So my father-in-law gave me a few gout pelikis and it worked. <laughs> so this morning I wake up, but on the other, the other ankle with the same pain. And I'm like, but I didn't eat any drogosh last time. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm, I'm at that stage now. Thanks, Barry. Um, so it's good to be back. We had a, uh, just a weekend away last weekend, and uh, just always a blessing to, to listen to the recording afterwards, and I must say that um, whenever I listen to uh, one of the other guys preaching or whoever else uh, shares the word, um, there's just this, for me, it's like a well. I can drink from here. I can, that what God is doing in and amongst you, us, uh, it does my soul well. It, it, it builds me up. And, uh, and so, you know, with that, I want to say we will do one another well. If we follow God, it's good for us to be together. So if you weren't able to listen to the message last week, I do want to encourage you to do that. But the, the big prayer, the big thing that we want to take out of that is we want to ask God, magnify his name in our midst. We want to ask God, let his name be hallowed. Now, I don't know how many of you had that, uh, had moments of that during this week that you had to do that, uh, that you were in situations that you were thinking one way, and you're just like, Lord, hallowed be your name. Give me your perspective. Let your name be And that is what we are praying for as we are considering this, this uh, bedrock thought Word of God making room for us. God made room for us by giving us gifts. I want to take us to Genesis 26. It's Isaac. Uh, he's uh, worshipped with his father a few chapters back. Uh, he went Shaka, and now he's um, in the desert, and uh, he's been Digging, um, digging holes, digging, uh, he wants to dig some wells. And it says, but when Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found there a well of spring water, the herdsmen of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsmen, saying, this, the water is ours. So he called the name of the well Esek, because they contended with him. Then they dug another well, and they quarreled over that also. So he called its name Sitna. That means where they fight strife. 
And he moved from there and dug another well. Any of you felt at stages where you've got to move from one frustration, one place of not feeling welcomed or a place of belonging, and then you need to move on? This is what's happening with Isaac. Until the third one, and they did not quarrel over it when they, when they dug it. So he called its name Rehoboth, saying, For now the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. And this is our key sentence. This is our key scripture. For now the Lord has made room for us. We will be fruitful in the land. The room that God makes for us, the space that He, he has for us as a congregation, for you as an individual, is for fruitfulness. Is that you will do well. Is that you will be blessed. And it is that so that others can benefit from the fruit. And so we've been looking at that. And we said that God made room for us by creating space. Remember Genesis 1? That He created out of chaos. And that's generally how God works. As He comes into chaos, He comes into the darkness, He comes into the place where you don't feel there's any structure, form, it's void. And He speaks and He creates space, room. His kingdom comes. And we see that principle, that way of God playing over and over. So God makes room by creating it. Secondly, God makes room by saving you into it. It's like uh, we looked at the woman caught in adultery. And, and most of us <coughs> are, have been in a place, or maybe some of us at this stage, you're in a place of guilt. You're in a place of sin is cramping you. Sin is, is making you live small. Sin is causing you to be unfruitful according to God's ways. And God comes and He saves us. That's how He makes room. It's like a medic coming into a place where somebody is having respiratory problems. And He says, Mark's boss, He makes room. And He deals with the patient there and He resuscitates and He saves. God saves us and He creates that room by giving forgiveness. And now we get to God gives us gifts. Proverbs 18 verse 16, some of you have heard this scripture. It says, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before the great. So we in, in, in Proverbs this morning, it seems, we looked at the ants and the sluggards. Now we look at the, at the, at the people with gifts. And this image here is in context generally of, of, of people needing, uh, needing some space. Uh, one part is uh, uh, kind of like a courtroom. Other part uh, is where a person needs favor. And the custom of that day was that gifts you brought to authorities, like kings or dignitaries. Um, uh, one uh, story you can think of is Sheba, Queen of Sheba. She came to King Solomon. But she didn't just come empty-handed. She wanted to suss out, you know, what, what's all the talk about Solomon? He, apparently, they say he's the wisest man in the world. She wanted to see for herself. And when she came, she brought gifts, ma, lots of gifts, expensive. And that was a way of saying, hey, can we have conversation? Can I have space in your company, room in your company? And you see that in the Oriental um, cultures, frequently they bring gifts. Some of you might have seen that uh, uh, 
uh, movie Seven Years in Tibet or, uh, you know, in any movies like they bring these gifts to the, to the king or to the, to, the, to the authority and that allows them favor to be in the presence of the person. So one is to authorities. Other times a gift is like you're in jail or you're in prison. You're in a place of, of, of being um, kind of uh, in captivity and you give a gift to get liberty. You pay. You do something that will give you liberty. It's for liberty. People would give a gift. And that's also some um, uh, commentator says in, in this scripture. And then the third one is you give a gift for preferment. In other words, it's like there's a company of people. Everyone here is kind of all right or so. But the one that gives a gift, he gets preferred. We see that. It's, it's the way that life works. You, uh, you look in many of in schools or so, and when there's a gift given, it, it makes room. We see it in our, in, our, um, in our governments. That's oftentimes when it's abused. Yeah? It's like we give a gift to manipulate, to control, to have unfair advantage. Unfortunately, the abuse of that principle takes place. And then sometimes we say, okay, because it was abused, we're not going to do anything. But gift giving is at the core of your and my creation. We work according to gifts. It's, it's, it's part of how we live. That's why, husbands, if you don't give a gift or something that is interpreted as a gift on that special day of anniversary, you have no space. There's no, you're not allowed into the room. <laughs> you're imprisoned. It's called the dog box. <laughs> Small, stinky, cramped. <laughs> and so, but whenever, and you just think of people that have come to you and give you a gift, maybe out of the blue or so, all of a sudden your heart is opened up. There's something that a gift conveys. It makes room. And so the principle here is that generosity makes room. It creates space. It's the way the world works. God's put it there. It's, it's a principle. Can you remember at some stage you said, remember, the person and the principle stays the same. The, 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 the um, circumstances change. And what, we, what I'm hearing kind of every now and again as I, I think, and sometimes when God speaks, we, we, we try and discern what God is saying. But if I look over the last few weeks, it seems to me like this thing is highlighting. God stays the same. There's a principle that remains the same. Let's look at our circumstances. God wants us to live wisely. God wants us to move according to His ways. And He gives us. He doesn't leave us alone that, you know, you try and work it out. He shows us. And this morning, God makes room for us by giving gifts. The fact that he gave the gift of forgiveness makes room for me and you to be with him. It makes room. And it makes room 
those of you who have responded in faith, it made room for God to come into your heart. Him giving the gift of forgiveness helped Him to step into your life. It's amazing, eh? Without the forgiveness, He would not have the room to be in you. And you would not have the room. So generosity makes room. It creates space. Giving yourself and what you have makes room in the lives of those around you. And this is, this is the part where we are at this stage looking, Lord, what is the room that you are making for us? Now, I know the temptation, and we, we need to ask that, but one of the temptations for us, very good Christians, committed Christians, are asking the whole time, how do I make room for God? How do I, what room do I need to make for God? And that's, that's right. But the emphasis at the moment is, Lord, what's the room you make? Because we can't make room for God unless we know what's the room, he, uh, the, the space He's made for us. And that's what I felt as, as, as we're going through this. I want us to see, we need to realize that God went before you and me and He made space. And one of the ways how He makes that space is by giving you and me gifts. He gives you the capacity by His grace to step into that space. By give, as you give yourself, you step into the room that He's made. And so we work together. And if you can remember, I said that the space and the room that God has for us, it's big. He's got to fit into it. If it's just about you or just about me, it's too small. And when I say big, I'm not just speaking about physically big. You know, kind of, I'm speaking about a big space in the hearts of people. Big space in, in, in spiritual understanding. Big space in authority with God. Those kind of things. A man's gift makes room for him and brings him before the great. So what are the gifts that God has given you? Are you asking God frequently, Lord, what's the gift? Because if that's the key for you to step into the space, into the room that God has for you, you and I have got to find that. You have gifts. So what we're going to look at is the gift is needed. So the gift makes room. You and I have got space. God has made space. And He does that by giving the gift he says, okay, you are needed. Now, I can't go into all the specific gifts this morning. But what I'm assuming, what I'm believing, what I'm trusting for is that you and I will continually dig in the Scriptures and say, Lord, what's the gifts that you've given me? Show me, lead me. Because surely... Your relationship with God is not just only dependent on our conversation on a Sunday morning here. God has saved you into a wide open space that means 24-7 you can have relationship with Him. You and I can walk with Him by the Spirit. This morning, the, these moments are vital. It helps give direction. It helps emphasize. It sometimes gives context. It shows us. It clarifies. But tomorrow morning, you and I have got to ask, Lord, what's the gift? How do you want me to walk it out? And so I want to touch on just these are the scripture references where you can start. 
Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12. It's easy. 12, 12, 4, 4. Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, and 1 Peter 4. And these are references to where Paul speaks about gifts. Now, you'll see that there are different gifts. And some of them are like gifts that seems like, you know, this is the way I'm designed. or I'm, uh, it, it almost feels like it's like your temperament or your personality. You're just like that kind of person. Then there are some uh, gifts like almost this morning. We'll see if, some, uh, of, if the people are healed. But there's gifts of healings, gifts of prophecy, gifts of of words of wisdom, discernment, tongues, all these kind of, it's like, it's a bit more, it almost feels like it comes from up and it goes, falls on you. you know, it's manifestations of the Spirit. It's outside of your ability. Ephesians 4 is about like the apostles and the prophets and the pastors and the teachers. And, and, and Paul writes and he says, the, it's like the people. That person is the gift. And then First Peter 4, it makes like a, says those who, have, who do, like let them keep on serving the gifts. And it, it gives like two categories of gifts, speaking and doing. Now, I don't think these lists are exhaustive. What I mean by that, this need for ledige lijst nie. And there's niks biting dit nie. There are many gifts. Okay? And I know this morning... We'll, we'll kind of fluctuate between this. But what I want you and us to, to understand this morning is that I have received some talents, some gifts, a way that God has created me that is actually designed for a specific space in the world, in the church, in the people that I get in contact with. And it's actually God's way of enabling me to fill up and to be fruitful in that area. And if I don't do it, if I don't use it, I stand a chance of being unfruitful and feeling like life is very small. Because I'm not walking with Him. And so it's, 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 it's vital that you and I seek out, Lord, what are the gifts? Paul, in, actually in 1 Corinthians 14, says, earnestly desire it. Ask for it. Look for it. You want to know how desire looks like? Tell your child he's going to have a sweetie a little bit later. And let him wait. Or say to someone, you know, they're going to have something valuable. And then let them wait. You get questions. You get bargaining. You get, you, get, you get ways how that person wants to get to it. That's desire. <laughs> I want it. And we need. So the purpose of these gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, I want to highlight a few verses out of uh, 1 Corinthians 12 that, that explains to us this principle. It says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Here's the purpose of the gifts. It's not so that one person can be elevated. It's not just so that somebody can look good or strong or this or that. It is that the common good, the algemene goedheid van die groep. It's like, hey, we want to see that everyone benefits. It might be one person immediately getting the benefit, but it helps the whole. And so the purpose of our gifts 
have got to, you've got to, if you know your gift, you need to see, does it benefit everyone? If it doesn't benefit, it's not necessarily a gift. Now that can be because of the wrong application, or it could be that sometimes it's a curse. <laughs> it pulls a fluke comfort. It's a, and and it, how many of you have been in situations? Generally, it happens between parents and children, kind of, that the gift of wisdom that you want to give is received as a, it's like a curse almost for the child. What? Only later they realize that it's, <laughs> but, so it's for the common good. But here's an important part this morning that I want to highlight for us, that I think in our and as I look over the crowd, most of you have done some studies in the gifts. Most of you have read the scriptures on the gifts. Most of you have, in some way, have discovered some of the gifts that you have. Maybe not all, but you, you have something. But for the functioning in our midst, that we can be fruitful, these two aspects are so key in the church. In our church, and in the church, I believe. And I dare say, in society. And it's these two statements. I don't belong. You don't belong. And so Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 12, and he says, okay, guys, I need you to understand how the gifts work together. He's listed a number of the gifts. He says, okay, when the church comes together, the gifts are for the common good. But then he gets to 1 Corinthians 15. And he says, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. Now, generally, in my experience, the person who is struggling slightly with some insecurity about the gift or it's, it, it's cautious to give it or so. Think of themselves that they do not belong way before the other person that needs to receive the gift think they don't belong. I, th I think there's some wisdom in the, in the order of how Paul wrote it. He says, he first speaks to you and me that says, I don't belong here. My, because I am not like that one. And can you see here? And I actually, in my preparation for this, saw it the first time. It's like he says, if, uh, where am I? Because the hand, if the hand says, I do not belong because I'm not like the foot. Oh, sorry, sorry. If the foot. <laughs> if the foot says, I'm not like the hand. So if the ear says, I'm not like the eye. The foot and the hand are both two parts that they touch. They, they're kind of similar, but they're different. So the functioning is slight, it can, can fall in the same category. The ear and the eye falls into the same perception category. So generally, when we compare ourselves to one another, we compare ourselves to somebody that's almost like us, but slightly better. So I don't belong because he or she already does it. I am not like. 
And so it's, it's gen- and I mean, how many of you compare yourselves to Bill Gates? To, I mean, to Elon Musk. I mean, they're great people, but you don't compare yourself. It's like way different, way higher. They live on different planets, if you will. But how many of you have compared yourself with me or somebody else here in the, in the congregation? It's almost the same, but not exactly. And it kind of speaks to a message in your heart that I don't belong. And belonging, just like the gift, is a core desire in your and my heart. You and I are designed to be long. God is coming back for a family, and in that family, people belong. Jesus came, and He said, guys, your sin is causing you not to belong. I want all of you to belong. And He gives the gift of forgiveness. God came so that we can belong to Him. Being lost says that I don't belong. Now, there are a lot of practical lost people in the church oftentimes. They feel they don't belong. So this is the first one. It's when I compare myself, and it's actually a, it's a way of self uh, def- defending myself or protecting, self-preservation, that's the word. It's like before anybody tells me, no, you don't fit here, you don't belong here, I'm going to do that first. It's fear. It is false. You've got to hear that this morning. It is false. That you and I say, oh, I don't belong. And uh, Ruan has listened, has experienced a lot of false messages. Depending on where, every now and again, it's like, whoa. Now the thought is not the sin, but how you react to the thought. What you do with that thought, that's important. Are you causing it to determine your actions? Or not. And he says, you can say it, but according to the scripture, according to God, you're not any less part of the body. So you can live as not part of the body, but God wants you to see that you are part. So who wants to live according to God's ways? We all do. Be part. Then the second one is in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 21. And now we, first I don't belong, now you don't belong. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, God is the creator of the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now, can you see now what Paul did here? Now he's not hand and foot. He's now saying, if the eye, the eye cannot say to the hand. So now he's changed it. Because generally, when we say we don't need someone, it's because they're completely different from us. 
the head to the foot. It's like they have different functions. It's not almost the same. It's completely different. And here it says, it speaks of stronger and weaker. So when the one is, it's completely different from you, and he or she thinks they are the stronger one, and they say, you do not belong. This is not of God. You, and when I say you don't belong, it's like you don't have space with me, with us. You don't have a room in this fellowship. And Paul is coming against that thing that wants to divide. And I struggle with that, guys. Different for me, I, uh, and I, I see myself generally as quite a, an open-ended person. I, I like diversity of self, but there are some people at times, there are some, like, nah, I can do without you. In the church. And I ha- we have to be honest today. I hope it's not, hey? well no it's not yeah but can I say sometimes we have pained one another that all you want to do is run away and close up and say you don't have space close for me it happens in our marriage it happens in our family it happens it, it will happen in the church that you are confronted with the thought to say nihim I don't need your input. I don't need you. Your gifts. We've got to consider this. Because if we want to step into the space and the room that God has for us, if we want to be fruitful, we will not be able to do it on our own. And if we want to reflect something of Jesus in this valley and be a family of believers that, 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 that is His body that looks like Him. We have got to show something of inclusivity, of receiving one another as God is made. Now, will sin, does sin have space? No, no, I'm not speaking about sin and righteousness. I'm speaking about difference of gifts. And Paul says, guys, don't divide. You are not allowed to say you don't belong. And it seems like he's generally at this moment speaking to the one that's stronger, saying to the one that looks like he doesn't matter. Now, some of you have been in those sports teams that um, just to fill up the team, you get a place. I won't ask you to put up your name, hand. but just to fill up, you generally, if you're still wondering if that was you, you're the one that was either second last or last when they say, okay, two a captainer, and you choose, you choose. That's generally how it works. And I know I might be awakening some feelings. God wants to heal you. <laughs> but we've grown up now. Now we can. And so you don't matter as far as your functionality is concerned, but you matter for your presence, but in the corner or on the side. Just just fill up the numbers. 
And oftentimes we think of we bring that thinking into the church. As long as there's enough people, stand in the corner, let the professionals do it. And the guy or the person that thinks that they're strong and they have the gifts, they want to stand on the platform. And the others are like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then there are people that like, I'm going to stand. And both have that thinking. The one says, I don't belong. The other one says, you don't belong. And it's divisive. It is from the devil. It's subtle. You can, you can put a lot of theological words and Bible words, but it is from the devil. And we've got to battle that. Your gift will make room. And so in the body of, uh, of Christ, your functionality, however you see it, as significant or insignificant, matters. You are needed. There are certain parts covered of me that are way more needed than my ears, that are way more needed than my hands maybe. And so God designs it that for the weaker one, he is way more needed in a sense. Now, how I think about weakness and strength in the Bible oftentimes is, I've got a strength, let me help you to come up here and we're going to move forward. And some, some aspects is like that. Sometimes maybe there's a financial contribution I can give to somebody or there's a wisdom or so and I can help you think better. But I don't think it's always like that. We are going through a learning process where our boys have got some specific learning disabilities. That has turned our world slightly upside down. Slightly. Lots upside down. Um, in my heart, in my way of thinking about the future, so it knocked me. And so now, you don't want to box the child and limit the child, but there are some realities that we, and we've got to walk with Evan and Liam, what we know at this stage. I hope, uh, you know, we'll see with Aron at some stage, but we've got to walk with them in a way that will strengthen them, but my expectations need to be different. Now, the intelligence is different. The intelligence is there, all of that, but it's different. And so, um, normal educational process won't work here. So they can get to where they need to be and like different, but it's going to be different. I can't say, let me, I can't give him, because then you're going to learn how to spell better. It's not, that's not the wiring inside you, it's not like that. So I can't give my strength to him and say, come up. What it does to me is I've got to come lower. And I've got to adapt to him. And how I've got to find ways how to live with them and have the right expectations that is right for them Without compromising God, but I'm learning to love in a new way. I tell you, it's frustrating. I have come, I have come to understand certain aspects of my lovelessness that I would never have understood. 
my, my uh, moments where I thought they lazy, and they were trying their very best. It, I, it struck me like the way that I was, I don't want to say program, but the way I was thinking, you know, we loved school. Come in, you pop out at uh, grade 12, you semi-adapted to society, and you can, you know, we can't. And, and my inability to adjust can't be making him smaller. So I've got to change. And so what this picture here, this, this image of the, of, of the, of the saints, is you might think you are strong. God places a weaker person, weak, uh, a weaker member in our midst. Not so that you can help them become better, so that you can become better. So that you can become more like Jesus. Jesus did not come just from the top and say, okay, I'm going to take you up. He did that at the end. But he came from the top down and lived among us. Stayed among us, loved among us, encouraged. I mean, frequently, I'm like, he must have become so frustrated. Peter, when are you going to get it? <laughs> I have at times, I have said it a million times. When are you going to? Then I realized, okay, I need to communicate differently to help them see it differently. And so in the church, for us to make room and to step into the room that God has for us, I, I, I personally, and this is not just Arabic, I am personally going through a space where my heart is being enlarged to love better. I would not have been able to do that by doing a six-week course on agape love. I would have given you all the answers, but now God placed a face in front of me. He's hungry, he doesn't listen to me always, or he looks like he's defiant, he looks like he's, but he's actually trying and doesn't know how to express. And I need to love. That's in my house. But let's, let's, let's pull it through to here. In the community. God puts that person there. Yes, why, why does he or she want and God places us in one another's presence so that we can honor one another, that we can esteem one another, that we can actually come. And now I'm, I'm, I'm on this journey. Okay, Evan and Liam, what is the gifts? Because God did not hold back on what He wanted. He knew way before. God knew. He's got a purpose. He's got space for them. He's got a future for them. How are we going to discover that together? I've got to come with, what, with us. You've got to come with me. It says, Ruan, how can we discover that which God has placed in you? You look handicapped, but hey, let me. You look like you struck. How can we find the space that you are? And sometimes, just you being with me is actually the space. I'm be, me being with you. Me giving myself to you. Giving my gift into this space. Let's you give your gift. But without one another, we can't get there. 
Yes, and I wish I had better words how to describe this, but you and I've got to see this. That the person that, that you think is weaker, they are so needed. You've got to step into it. There are a few people that I've thought, Lord, get into the, And the thought has crossed my mind. Should they really be here? <laughs> and I know it's fraught. I repent of that. But that's the thought that comes. And then there's, uh, and then I like, but when I stand still and I ask God, Lord, show me, things open up. There are a few of you that are just trophies of grace. I look at you and God shows me how amazing He provides, how amazing He, when I look at your life, I say, God will take care of me. Because how you go about and how God works with you, it's supernatural. And I need that. I need you and us together. You have it? So we can't say you do not belong. You can't say, I don't have a clue. Let's find it out together. But we can't say you don't belong. We can't say, I don't belong. Yeah. Let's all be ahead or let's all be here. We can't say that. I have got to find what is your uniqueness so that I can be my uniqueness as well. And so we belong. The belonging. You are. And Paul ends off and he says, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And so God looks at us and he says, you are the body of Christ. You individual a member, but you are part. And without... Your part, we can't be the whole. Each one is vitally important. Not just in presence, but in participation. Now I want to speak to those of you who have been following the Lord quite a while. Some of you have been walking with us quite some time. I want to ask you in terms of the gifts that God has given you. Have you, uh, maybe I should step back. Let the younger ones come through. Or, you know, I used to be there, but now, you know, I'm on another stage, another level. I'm not going to. And you've actually become less functional, maybe dysfunctional. You're not giving yourself. You're not, the gifts aren't flowing anymore. There are some parts of me that I thought, yes, I, I had to repent to the Lord. I said, Lord, I, I'm holding back here. There's a few other things that I'm distracted about and so that I can't give my gifts. Lord, I want to step back into it. I'm step back and pray for more people for healing. Pray for, uh, for more people in moments where we're together. I don't just want the moment to pass by. I want to give. Give myself because the gift is in here. And if there's something withholding, some resentment, some unforgiveness, something that's, that's causing me to say, you don't belong close to me, or I don't belong. I want to fight that thing, because we are the body of Christ. And so where are you on that? Where are you in the space that God has, the room that God has made? Is it maybe that you're unsure, or you're not walking in the space that God has for you, because you have not sought out the gifts that God has given and all the gifts don't have to flow here on a Sunday morning, okay? Some of them do. Not all of them. 
Simple gesture of hospitality is actually a gift. Simple gesture of hospitality opens up. Speaking to, um, uh, to uh, Rulof and Ilana this week, and Rulof was just commenting on uh, JJ, how you invited him the first Sunday. He says, uh, listen, I'm not the community. Uh, uh, yeah, JJ, Yosef. <laughs> See, I'm not, I'm not the community leader, but hey, our community is gathering there. You invited. And it just made him feel so welcome. So, hey, here's space for me. Now, it might be that, you know, they only get there a little bit later or so, but the, it's opened up. And there are certain gifts that we can give. You don't need a God speaking Gifts like hospitality, encouragement. So there are times that it's, it's you know, a manifestation of the Spirit. Other times, just how God has made us. We are generous. Let's do that. Our generosity towards giving for this celebration, this birthday celebration, it's going to open up space for people to enjoy a wonderful time together. And other times together because we're going to have some tables and we're going to be able to do more things. Because I really believe this image of Space at the table. Space in our lives. You are welcome. That is something that people are longing for. When it couples with the gospel of God. Hey, space it in my life, space in God's heart. You've got a place. But for that to happen, every single one of you need it. And I might be sometimes a little bit too doff to not see it. And it might just be my weakness. And then you can't say, but Ruan, you don't see or you don't belong. No, then you say, hey, I can. I feel to do this. What do you think? And bring your gift. It might be that it's not immediately, but bring it so that we can see, hey, this is what we can do. It's amazing how if you bring your gift, God makes room. A man's gift, a woman's gift will make room for them. Now, I wish I could get into all the, you know, attacks that come oftentimes. Just heading. There will be resistance. Bring your gift. Bring it. There's something that God has given you that you can give to people. If it's accepted, wonderful. If it's not accepted, bring it again. Sometimes God wants you and me to grow in the skill to give it, and the way we do it, and the tenacity, and it purifies. Amen? Come, let's close our eyes. Holy Spirit, please be in the kitchen. <laughs> Let's just ask the Holy Spirit to speak. And, and, and here's a moment that you can pray. Cassie encouraged us. It's not that you make God's name holy the whole time. It's that you ask God, Lord, let your name be hallowed. Let, let your name be glorified. And in this area of gifts, gifts, the gifts and the talents God has given you, Father, we ask that your name be hallowed. We ask that, that, that you be exalted. 
want to lead you in a, a few things. So I want to ask those that say, I do not belong. And those of you that have felt, yes, this different person, this person is so different, it's like they don't belong. I want you to see it for what it is. It is that God has given something, someone, for the benefit of the church, and you say, God, I don't think you did the right thing. I don't think you got it in this one. In other words, you're saying you are more wise than God. Hallowed be my name in this, Lord. That's actually what we're saying. And that you would just repent. That you would just ask forgiveness and say, Lord, ah. And I'm not asking you to throw away the frustration because that might be difficult. I'm not, that might be a process. But I, I ask you that the message that you are saying, I don't belong or you, that, that person doesn't belong, that you ask forgiveness for that. And say, Lord, they belong. I don't see how. I don't know how, but they belong. They are given. And you thank God for the gift and this is a habit that I want to ask you for. This is a discipline. That when you are confronted with frustration about a person, that you declare in that moment, they belong. When you are confronted with the insecurity in your heart that wants to, that you say, I belong. And that what we start to do is that we affirm and that we agree with the Word of God. And from there on, we see, God, how that works out. But we first state, I belong, they belong. Thank you, Lord. I pray, Lord, that uh, where difficulty in relationships have been, Lord, that in this moment, that you will straighten it out through this declaration. Yeah, sorry guys, I think we need to work with this word. So I'm going to just, I'm going to count to three and then we're going to say, I belong. Okay, and then I'm going to after that count to three and then you say, you belong. And you're going to have the different faces if there are some people that you're struggling with. In. So one, two, three, I belong. One, two, three, you belong. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And then my last prayer here is that with distraction, with busyness, with disappointments, with a number of different things, all the dis word, uh, words, maybe discouragement and all of that, we sometimes cause God to not have the space that He wants and needs in our lives. And we fill up that space with our thinking. And if you have, have, have grown cold, if you've stepped back in your giftings in your, and, and, and you realize, hey, I need to step forward. I need to give myself. I need to give God more space. I'm going to ask if we can just put up your hand. I want to pray with you. You just say, Lord, I realize I, I've, I've made, I've, I've cramped your space actually in me. 
Thank you, Lord. We want to stand with each one here, Lord. just want to thank you. Yes. It's an acknowledgement, and it's a step to say, Lord, I'm going to give you room. I'm going to make space in that sense. I'm going to, your space becomes my space. Lord, I agree with these ones here. Put up hands. And I thank you for their gifts. We want to pray, Lord, that you would grant them courage and strength to step in. And I pray, Lord, that you would set those around them to speak, to encourage, to pray for, that we will come into it. And so we will work together in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Homework. This week, this week, you dig in and you give yourself. Uh, I'm, I'm careful to put a limit on it so many times or so, but here's what I want to ask you. Is ask the Lord, Lord, how can I give my gifts myself? First one, second one, Lord, who can I encourage in their gifts? It might be that they dormant and you just want to encourage them. It might be that they have been doing it and you just want to highlight and say, yes, you know what, what you do, that really benefits us. Amen? Can we do it? So homework. It's like my little nephew said, my, my mother, grandmother asked, should I help you with your homework? And he goes, no, Omar, that's the whole point of it. You have got to do it on your own. So that's kind of, you have got to do it, homework. Amen? Bless you. Have a great day. We are going to, if you want to respond to God, Cassie and Marty is going to just play in the background. If you want to maybe pray or solidify something in the Lord. Maybe you need prayer. Put up your hand. We're going to create some space here for that. For the rest of you, have a lovely day. It's great having you with us. And we see you in uh, in the week. Bless you.